0: Hello, and welcome to the Notary Business Talk, the podcast dedicated to sharing ideas, strategies, and techniques to help grow your business and improve your life. And now with more than two decades of notary business experience, your host, Abraham Abraham Zamora, Zamora, the notary entrepreneur. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Notary Business Talk. My name is Abraham Zamora, and I am the notary entrepreneur. In this episode, we are going to talk about an interesting question that that I've been thinking about for a very long time, and that question is, will pursuing a career as a notary make you happy? Now, I initially got this idea after talking to a lot of notaries who have asked me for advice over the years, and one of the questions I would always ask them is, why did you become a notary? What's the reason? What was the motivation for becoming a notary? And the answers that I would typically get were, you know, I want to quit my full-time job or I want to spend more time with my family. Some people would say, hey, I want to, I want to start school again and, and this would be a great way to, to work part-time but still make enough money to support myself while, while I study and while I do all this schoolwork. And all of these are really great reasons for wanting to become a notary. Over time, I realized that people weren't actually trying to become a notary. For the sake of being a notary, they were becoming notaries to achieve something bigger in their life. Becoming a notary was really just a means to some end that they were trying to achieve. And that end was hopefully something that was going to make their life better and happier. Then I would ask these people a different question. I would say, will achieving this goal make you happy? And if so, how? And people had a really hard time answering this question. It was almost as if people didn't think about their lives in terms of what will make me happy. So the question I have is, will pursuing a career as a notary, or or really any career for that matter, make you happy? And to help me answer this question, I've invited a very special guest to the show. His name is Tal Tisfani. He is the president and CEO of the Ayn Rand Institute. There, he works to promote Ayn Rand's ideas and philosophy of objectivism, a philosophy that Ayn Rand believed, if followed, would lead to a life of joy and happiness. He's also the star of a new podcast called Happiest Man Alive, hosted by Amanda Maxim, an astrophysicist trying to scientifically prove whether tall is or isn't, as he claims the happiest man alive he has also started a very ambitious project called the happiness team workshop which is like a mastermind group where he helps individuals identify what their values are values are and shows them how they can get what they want out of life without further ado tal welcome to the show
1: thank you abram it's a pleasure to be here
0: yes at, at You're very welcome, and before we get started, I just kind of want to tell people how you and I met. Uh, Obviously, I've been following and studying objectivism for the last 10 years or so, and so we were friends on Facebook, and at some point, you put a sort of an announcement on your feed that you were looking to start this happiness team workshop, and and I reached out to you, and I was one of the lucky few that got accepted into, into this happiness workshop, and I mean, I've personally... Achieve tremendous value. In fact, the podcast that we're listening to right now came as a result of being part of that workshop. So first of all, I'd like to just publicly thank you for, for that and for allowing me sort of to achieve what I've always wanted to achieve.
1: You're very welcome. And thank you for participating. I'm, I'm deriving a lot of enjoyment and pleasure and satisfaction out of running this workshop. And uh, yeah, that, that was my goal. So happy it worked.
0: Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your life, and how you sort of ended up in this, this, this stage in your life, and, and particularly with your claim in, in this new podcast that you're the happiest man alive. But tell us a little bit about you, about your, about your life, about your history. Uh, we'd love to hear it.
1: Great. So I, I was born uh, a kid in the south of Israel, um, you know, just a normal conservative family. Then I was thrown into a thing called a kibbutz, which is a commune uh, in Israel, and uh, that's where I was till 16. Uh, So I got the right and the left and all kinds of philosophies and ideas in my head. And I joined the Israeli army, was a pilot for a while and then in operations, got into uh, technology in the 90s, uh, grew with that, relocated to the United States. And then um, I read Ayn Rand as well, Um, and uh, she blew my mind as far as uh, her view of life and human life and what it's all about and what is the good, what is a good life. It gave me the the power of her fiction and her heroes to become a role model for me, and I really changed my life uh, ever since I uh, quit my job, I was a pretty successful a tech executive, but uh, decided to quit my job and join a startup and grew that startup to something meaningful startup got got sold in 2018. And then um, when reflecting on what I want to do with my life, mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in decades, I realized that uh, I'm in tech for the wrong reasons. And uh, if I truly connect to who I am and what my values are, I need to go back to ideas, I need to go back to teaching, I need to go back to writing. And then uh, I wrote a book. I uh, got an offer to join the Ayn Rand Institute, which is a non-for-profit uh, that is an educational organization by nature. And uh, I'm thriving in it. I'm promoting the right ideas, the right philosophies uh, philosophy for life, uh, what Ayn Rand called the philosophy for living on Earth. And um, I'm having a blast. And the uh, happiness workshop or the happiness team was a result of me uh, starting to write a nonfiction book about my journey from an okay life, just an okay life to an amazing life, to the point where I can claim I'm the happiest man alive, which I need to explain maybe. Um, but um, yeah, I'm doing the, the happiness team workshop where we're learning how to uh, identify our, our values, to organize them, to prioritize them, and then go for it without any compromises. And I'm happy about the theme of this uh, podcast because I think it's the right exactly Um, You know, down my alley of uh, how do you choose the right thing to do and pursue your values.
0: When when would you say you you started realizing that you weren't in the optimal place in life, where you realized you you needed to make a change because you just weren't, shall we say, feeling happy at that time.
1: When I turned the last page of the Fountainhead, uh, Ayn Rand's book about the Howard Rourke, the architecture, uh, the architect, sorry who was, wanted to do the architecture that he wanted to do. Um, and he had this non-compromising attitude towards life. Like life is his, and he's the center of it. And that uh, what he projected uh, just resonated so much with me. So when, when I closed the book, I, I remember telling myself, my life will never be the same. This character is going to give me the, the, uh, the uh, courage that is required to make changes in my life and I actually did very soon after that I quit my job as a VP in a 2000 20,000 people company wow. and uh, gave up uh, a really prestigious and highly paid uh, position to uh, something super risky and uh, took um, many Challenges, including leaving my house and uh, starting to uh, become a weekend dad and husband because the company was in Chicago. I was living I'm still living in Atlanta and then moving it to the Silicon Valley and flying every week. So yeah, that's that. But that moment was the moment where I, I knew my life is going to change because it has to change. It's not where I want it to be. And you know, when you ask people, are you happy? Most of them will say yes, but Yes, compared to what? You know, so if you asked me before reading Rand, I would say, yeah, my, my life is nine out of 10. But then after reading Rand, that nine became uh, maybe a four and a half because I zoomed out and I saw more, saw more possibilities and reconnected with what I really wanted. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I went through a journey that I am very excited uh, about sharing with other people.
0: So, and I've heard you say that you now feel like this is your new mission in life is to sort of share this knowledge, share this information that you've acquired that has led you to live this, this, this happy, happy life of full of thriving and, uh, and success, but just personal self-esteem. But you do mention that you, you are the happiest man alive. And I think that's a very interesting statement. Could you elaborate on that a little bit tall?
1: yeah the podcast started with uh, me reaching out to amanda because i saw her as an astrophysicist giving a talk about gmos and i was really blown away by her approach her scientific approach um and uh, the happiest man alive came as an anecdote i she, she asked me you know uh, so so what are you and i told her I'm the happiest man alive but i need to explain that. i'm the happiest i can be mm-hmm. i mean happiness is not a competition <laughs> Maybe an inner competition, in the sense that am I am I deriving the the maximum uh, fulfillment and satisfaction and pride and self esteem and the joy of living, of waking up every morning and waiting for the for the day to begin because you're doing what you want to do, you've surrounded yourself with with different types of values in your life, spiritual and material, and you're thriving. You you you. Basically for me, happiness is that when you tell yourself, you know, I've got this, I know how to live. I have figured it out. And uh, I'm happy about an, uh, to, to start another day of pursuing the things. It's not easy. I work really hard and there are some challenges and ups and downs, uh, but that's what it means. And uh, the happiest man alive for me means I don't see any parallel paths that I could have taken that I've gotten would have gotten me to a much better place. Yeah, you know, there, are, there always could be better, but I'm so happy with where where I am, what I do, what I work, the 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 projects I I, I chose for myself, the the people around me, and uh, the in, in many different domains of life. If it's if if it's work and career, if it's relationship, if it's health, if it's re- rejuvenation, and you know all of the recreation activities, if it's wealth, um, buying the time to do what I want. All of those are, you know, I would mark them pretty high. And that's that's uh, not easy to do. I think happiness is an achievement.
0: Yes, that requires uh, conscious effort and, and real work, uh, not just something that happens passively is, is what you're saying, isn't it?
1: Yes, that's exactly. It requires a lot of introspection, a lot of knowing yourself. You know, what makes you happy? What makes you tick? What, what, uh, what can you get? You know, lost in time doing. What do you love uh, with no constraints? You know, uh, we do those exercises like, okay, I'm going to give you $10 million. And my only (laughs) request is that you do this one thing that you love. What is it? And it needs to be productive. There's a real reason why uh, productiveness activities are are the the most rewarding as far as uh, pride and self esteem. And, like you said, you know, when you ask people those questions, they get lost. They they don't uh, have the introspective skills to really answer those questions clearly, because uh, we don't stop and say, "Okay, what do I really want?" Uh, and you have to have a perspective of your life is mine, your life is yours, and my life is mine, and I need to do the best out of it in the limited time we have on this earth. Uh, and that's a perspective that that book gave me.
0: Right. And I think like you've mentioned before, even I, when I look around and I, and I think and I talk to people and I see how they behave and act, and it just seems at times like they're just sort of drifting through life and, and in a sense sort of existing and, and have never really given themselves the opportunity to really think about what do I want? What's going to make me happy? And I think that's part of the reason why I've invited you onto the show, because at times I talk to some of the guests that listen to the show and I hear what they're saying and their reasons why they became notaries. And my my hope is to see if we can sort of articulate a way to sort of connect how the career or, or the work someone chooses to do in their life has an impact in their ov- overall happiness, right? Because a lot of people, uh, in this case, notaries who are listening to the show, be- become notaries, as I mentioned earlier, because they want to achieve something else beyond the notary. But I don't think they think in terms of, will this goal make me happy? It's just sort of the next step of existence. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to see if we could somehow connect between, make a connection between how the work we choose can lead uh, to, to being happy. And and I think a good way of starting this conversation is sort of with, with a definition, how would you define happiness at all?
1: Yeah. So I, I, Took the definition from uh, from Ayn Rand. and um, there are two, actually two definitions. One is that it's a state of consciousness, uh, prolonged state of consciousness, which proceeds from the achievement of one's values. And there's a lot to unpack in this definition. If you read it backwards, what she's actually saying is that you need to be to have conscious values, that you identify in, in different domains of your life, and you identify them. You uh, you. Uh, concretize them you prioritize them and then you go after them and in a very uncompromising manner and if you do that successfully then the result will be a prolonged state of consciousness that we call happiness it's like you cannot grab happiness and achieve it directly people confuse it with momentary pleasure for instance Mm -hmm. it's like money you cannot just grab grab money you have to earn it so happiness is something you earn by the process of consciously Pursuing rational values in your life and she calls it the state of non-contradictory joy, which means that I'm doing it Virtuously, I'm achieving that without lying and cheating and stealing and and I'm doing it in a in a in a non-contradictory way So I feel the joy and I get the the self-esteem reward that that comes from pursuing values successfully Um, so yeah and if we connect that to notary in, um, you know, what I understand about the, that business is that it's OK if somebody says, look, I have amazing values that I want to pursue in my life, but I don't have the time for them. So I'm going to become a, a part time notary to get the money to buy me the time to go pursue those values if it's spending more time with my kids or if it's going on, you know, extra vacations or to sponsor my hobby that is not revenue generating. That is great. I think that, you know, the 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 thing that every all the self-help gurus are, you know, telling you is become an entrepreneur and, you know, grow your business 10x. What if you don't want to do that? What if you like taking pictures of rivers? You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, who said you need to be an entrepreneur? So go become a part time notary, make the extra money and go travel to the next, you know, beautiful river and take a great picture of it if that's what makes you happy. It's really an, a very individual uh, pursuit. And I think that the reasons why to become a part-time or a full-time notary, uh, I would say if, it's a, if you're doing this for the extra money, great. You know, you know what you're doing it for. But if you're passionate about the, the notary business, as a business, if you, you find the passion in it and you see the beauty uh, or, or the, the trust or whatever that is that you see in becoming a, a full-time notary, and taking it on as a, as a career, go for it. But don't do it because you have to or because uh, it's the best thing that can make you the best money right now. Where your true passion is something else that can make make you uh, make a living out of. No, don't compromise. Go for the thing that makes you happy, and uh, prioritize your value accordingly. Money is just a means to an end to buy you the time to go then pursue the values that will make you happy.
0: And I think when people don't do what you just said, like clearly identify values, create a a hierarchy of values and then pursue them in the appropriate way. It seems like people have this sort of fog or this unclear path in life, which leads to all sorts of psychological issues, uh, confusion, uh, lack of motivation, procrastination. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to sort of why that happens if that's the case?
1: Yeah, think about the midlife crisis, uh, you know, phenomenon, right? It's what people don't, I don't think, uh, really understand what's going on there. You're getting to somewhere in the middle of your life. You're projecting back about how you got to where you are. And you're not pleased with where you are. And then you're projecting it forward to the rest of your life. And it's like, ah, that's not really what I want. And you get those, this sense of deep frustration with yourself. Some people go into depression. Mm -hmm. of uh, this is not working something's not ticking something's not working I'm not getting what I want and it's very vague I don't even know to verbalize what I want Uh, so yeah that's that's where I think the problem is of not having the tools and the orientation and a lot of it is because of bad philosophies and the culture that does not orient people toward discovering their individualism and, and the beauty of their own soul that is the only soul that it will ever exist that is them, right? And people telling them, don't do this, don't do that. And instead of, of, of you know digging deep inside and, and discovering what are those things that my consciousness, uh, my mind re- responds to? What did I always love doing as a kid and I want to do more of? And um, only that connection um, with true values that requires an introspective mind that can verbalize the things that you want. And the, the best thing to do is take a moment and dream up about a world where there are no constraints. I mean, no money constraints, no time constraints, maybe no family constraints. What would you do mm-hmm. if you had the time, if you, if you wanted to do? And people go, Zach, I'll travel the world. OK, so you travel the world, you came back. Now what? I'm talking more about a, a productive pursuit. And uh, I won't go into why, psychologically, but pro- Productive work is the most critical activity. We are conceptual beings designed to change reality to fit us and to serve us, right? And that's what we do. That's the human uh, faculty um, and uh, shaping reality in our image is what what uh, we're designed to do. So doing that uh, is what will make, make us happy. Um, so I think you need to clarify and slow down and talk to yourself and get to know yourself and respect your wants and your needs and verbalize them and then Talk about them to other people around to to yourself to other people and say that's what I want. And then make a plan. Okay, if you want more time to be a carpenter, right, because that's what you love. M- maybe you can, you know, change your job to become a professional carpenter is that will that work? Is it too late in your life to do that? If so, maybe you can make it as a hobby. If so, what, how much time do you want to spend on it? How are you going to save the money? Maybe find a workshop, maybe rent uh, some hours in, a, in an existing workshop. There's so much to think about. And uh, when people in, in the happiness team that you know we're, we're doing, right. what we do is we just surface that and, and and look at all the possibilities. And we say, that's what I want and when you're clear about what you want the the world comes to you the universe helps you because you know you're clear about what it is that you want and then honestly i think that 80% of the problem is knowing what you want 20% of the problem is getting it because once you're clear what can stand in your way you know uh we you can fix any problem and people can help you fix problems if you're really clear about what you want uh so the clearer you are the easier it is
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And that, and I agree. I mean, I have to say just being in that, in that happiness team workshop and having being asked the questions that I typically would not ask myself the, uh, and thinking about what I want and rethinking, because maybe the first thing I thought about isn't really what I wanted. And although there's a lot of cognitive effort that's required to do something like that, I, I, I believe you're right. 80%, once you have that clarity, it almost becomes really easy because then the 20% is just taking that first step. And then uh, there's something very attractive about somebody who, who knows what they want and knows how to, how they want it and are willing to go out there and, and sort of achieve their goals and ultimately have it lead to, to happiness. Isn't that right, Tal?
1: Exactly. Think about that. If, if a friend come, came to you, I came to you and say, Abraham, hey, really, I, I want to, I want to record a song. You know, this is my passion. I just need to find the studio and maybe the times. It's like, and if you know a thing about this, it's like, yeah, I'll help you, right? I'll figure it out uh, with you. uh, Because if it's that clear and that concrete, people wanna help you. They wanna, you know, if they're good friends, they wanna see you happy. Um, There's a, a, you know, sometimes there are issues with close family because they're sharing your risks. They will say, oh no, don't change that job. Your job is secure right now, so don't dare quit and go for your dream because it'll impact them. Right. In that case, I always say, don't listen to your close family, listen to (laughs) people who don't know you and ask them, you know, should I go and quit my job and go do the other thing that I really love? And you mostly hear yes, because they are more objective about risks. And, um, you know, if I, I, I work a lot with older people these days and you, it's just amazing first. People die with more money than they think they'll die with. And so they make more money than than more they think they will. Um, and, and they're spending years and years saving it. Right. The other thing that I've learned is that they're always regretting what they didn't do. They never regret the things they tried and maybe failed in, right? It's like, yeah, I tried it and I failed. But that was a good learning experience. The re- real regrets in life is like, I wanted to do this and I didn't. Uh, and that's what
0: people need to learn. So what do you think holds people back from, from doing the things that they didn't do and then later regret in life?
1: The avoidance of negative feelings
0: like uh, fear of failure
1: or, um, you know, risk, too much risk uh, um, and uh, fear of rejection, uh, mainly fear of failure. And I think that uh, those are all stories we tell ourselves in our heads because um, we, we just live in our heads and we don't really try to implement uh, or go after what we want in reality. Now, I'm not saying the, um, you know, just dream about a world where you're the most amazing singer or dancer where you're not, mm-hmm. be realistic. But you can create a realistic dream that, that you know, is worth going after. I'm sure if you do enough work, and that's part of the cognitive work that you've mentioned, you will find something that you can actually achieve that is amazing if, for you. And then you, if you make the plan, things will become clearer and easier to, to grapple with. And then that voice in your head that says, don't, don't, it's going to be risky. Maybe you can negotiate with that voice. That's what I did. <laughs> and uh, and uh, let yourself try. And, you know, talking to yourself in the shower or wherever you find it, you know, or, or on a piece of paper, that, that's the most important thing that I think is lacking. Just the self-discovery, the self-discussion, uh, sometimes self-negotiation, like, Tal, will you allow yourself to try it? We've saved money for a year. You know, If that startup fails, we'll go back and you know get our position back. I'm sure they'll take us back because we're pretty successful. So why don't we try it for a year? Give yourself a year and don't hold yourself back. Give it a shot. That's the kind of uh, self-talk that I had to do in order to convince myself to leave a safe job and go towards something I wanted more.
0: Right. And and would you say this is a symptom of people just not being taught how to think properly growing up, not not learning how to properly introspect, which is the sort of the science of looking inwards into your own consciousness to to sort of uh, evaluate your your feelings and your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it's a combination of that. But I think more importantly, it's the wrong, um, I would say moral direction uh the cultural moral uh guidance that you're getting as a young kid you are always taught like don't think about yourself don't think about other people you know the good is uh serving other people it's all always external to you what Rand called altruistic right uh external to you and um the perspective of a happy person is very individual and very uh, self-centered um and that's how i believe we should we should live. We should uh, understand that a life, our life and the value is made out of values. The building blocks of happiness is, is our values. And values are our values. Rand always said, value to whom and for what?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because for you, being a notary is so interesting, right? I don't know what it is, and I'm not attracted to it because I'm attracted to being on stages and speaking to people about philosophy. Um, so value is something a value is something that you have to discover. And that's what we don't get as, as kids. If you ask me what a high school should look like, Mm -hmm. it should look like, like three years of self-discovery projects that you bring in. The teacher is going to find you a mentor. If you like robotics, we're going to put you in a robotics company for a while. And you move from. What, maybe one company to another, and then you figure out what kind of robotics you like so you can specialize in that. So by the time you're 18, you have discovered what it is that you love. You can know more about it. And there's a direction instead we you don't give those uh, poor high schoolers, any tools, how to discover the world. Then we uh, expect them to choose something going into college. We have no idea about what to choose and what a life is all about and then they commit to a career and then they find themselves at the age of 40 with a midlife crisis. Um, So yeah, I would say the culture doesn't orient you towards self-discovery in a very young age, which is what is required. Some people do. Mm -hmm. And you see, you you know those people that always knew what they wanted to do and they're very self-centered and uh, they decided what to do. Nobody told them what to do. Nobody can tell them what to do. They're so uh, self-driven. and I think about the heroes, like like uh, my, at least my heroes, like Steve Jobs. Could anyone tell Steve Jobs what to do and what not to do, right? The, the passion, the burning desire to uh, express himself in a specific way. There's nobody could stop him, and that's that's the kind of uh, attitude that I would love for my you know 16 year old or 18 year old to have very early that orientation towards a self-driven life.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned, and you know, now that you explain that, it, it's it almost seems tragic that this is going on. And as, aside from what you mentioned, uh, kids not being taught sort of how to do self discovery, it it is sort of a philosophical challenge that we have. And. I was listening to the happy the, the the podcast happiest man alive, which by the way I, I highly recommend you guys listen to this podcast. Uh, Amanda Maxim, she she is, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, Tal, but it doesn't she do a great job of producing with the music? Uh, the pod, it's so entertaining.
1: Right. She's she's a storyteller and uh, she loves this medium. Uh, it was obvious to me. Uh, the reason why why I approached it is not only she's a PhD in astrophysics, but she made one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. Uh, before that called The Rise and Fall. And uh, and so that's why I gave her a call. And I think she's doing an amazing job, yeah.
0: Yeah, she's doing... what What is the the goal with this uh, Happiness Man Alive? Is it, is it just, just it's,
1: a... Uh, it's, the goal is to tell a story and potentially attract people to discover more about, uh, you know, Rand's philosophy specifically, which I think is a guide, the blueprint for living a happy life. And, uh, you know, what Amanda and I are doing right now is, is called the Happiness Team Workshop. Um, it's, it's really, initially it was none of that. It was just getting things out of my chest. That, that's what, what it was about. Just wanting to tell a story.
0: Right. So uh, real quick, a, a, a quick little plug here. So if anybody wants to hear that show, I highly recommend it. You can just search Happiest Man Alive or you can go to happiestpodcast.com and you can get more information on that podcast it's a great great show very entertaining i was actually in fact just listening to episode number two and amanda said this about you and 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 i would like to sort of change gears here because we've sort of talked about the concerns that people have for the reasons why maybe they're not as happy as they could be or aren't even aware that they're not as happy as they could be but she said something about you here and i'm gonna quote what she said she says he thinks he's found the solution to happiness. The solution is repeatable, which means that it's possible for someone else, someone leading an ordinary life, to take the knowledge that he's gained, referring to you, and apply it to themselves to achieve an extraordinary state of happiness. Uh, I mean...
1: First, I would say it sounds like a promotion to any self-help book or <laughs> workshop, right? Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> But there is a difference there is a difference and the difference is that i think that most of the self-help or whatever positive psychology whatever you want to call it is not it's it's arbitrary i mean so this guy thinks you need should be an entrepreneur and this guy says uh, work at four hours a day and this guy says oh i found the formula it worked for me but they're not looking at this scientifically they're just spewing out whatever worked for them, and anyone who made a million dollars or more can now, is, is eligible to tell you how to live. The real science of happiness is philosophy. It started with Aristotle, and um, it's true that philosophy was corrupted by a lot of bad philosophers, but if you listen to the right philosophers, they will explain to you scientifically what is the, our conscious mind, what, is, what makes it thrive, all the way to its connection to reality through epistemology and then deriving a blueprint that we call ethics or more you know morality on what what are the principles that guide a human life towards thriving in a free society by the way Mm -hmm. Uh, there are a lot of stuff that we have that nobody had in the history of of mankind that we have the more time and more opportunities to go out and, and express ourselves but the, uh, the culture is not telling you that. And um, so the way I think about happiness, it, or I've learned about happiness, is based on a true science called philosophy, a good type of philosophy, a rational philosophy, as for me, a scientific philosophy. And uh, everything that I will tell you that I think you should do print, on principle, I can explain. You can ask me another why, and another why, and another why. And I explain. I will explain to you the uh, universal truth that is at the bottom of the why, of the of the the reason why I'm asking you to, to not you know be productive or be independent or um, you know be just or be uh, or have integrity or do many other things and find find your values and and be rational about it. All of those things are based on deep understanding understanding of the human condition not just uh, oh uh, you should go and uh, you know uh, create a, an online company and become rich and famous and live to uh, live in a bigger house and be happy no that that's that's not the, the how deep we are so um the happiest men alive podcast is my attempt to share in a real concrete story uh what i've learned and how the application of those principles those philosophical principles allowed me to slowly improve my life to a point where i can uh, dare to call myself the happiest man alive
0: (laughs) now a, a good philosophy is a philosophy that's fully integrated in your life where whether it's business your personal life Whether if it's whether if it's you you're deciding whether you want to become a notary or not as as your your value pursuit, because that's that seems like the best way to do what you want to do. I mean, philosophy and you mentioned a good philosophy needs to encompass sort of every aspect of your life, whether it's career, whether it's family, whether it's your vacations or the food you eat and how how you take care of your body. Isn't that right?
1: It's everything. It's uh, when I think about, uh, well, philosophy is, is the blueprint for life. But I think after, even if you learn philosophy and you understand the principles, there, that's just the beginning. Uh, the, the, the skill is in discovering your values and then uh, thinking about them. So in the happiness team, we, we talk about four domains of values. Everything that has to do with productive work or what we call central purpose in your life. That takes the, you know, it's a claim on your most of your time, your waking hours. So you better choose right what you're going to pursue as your uh, your central productive purpose. And then the domain of relationships, the different type of relationships, all the way from romantic relationship to your core family, to friendships, to professional relationships. Dealing with other people is a source of tremendous value. Then there is the domain of, like you said, health and and nutrition and and uh, re- recreation and rejuvenation. That that people neglect. You know your hobbies. They should be important to you. They should be sacred. If you say I I love racing cars, right? And I don't. I, I when I was in my previous job, I I never drove the cars. I was like I was always dreaming about racing cars, and I started to take it seriously and making a plan. How can I get into car racing? What car should I buy? And how do I What's the cheapest way to get in and uh, without a lot of risk? And then there's the domain of wealth. For me, the domain of wealth is very important because it's where you buy the time to go pursue values. Now, if the domain of wealth, and this is very relevant, I think, to what we're talking about in part-time or full-time notaries, if your uh, central purpose in life, if your job, hopefully it's a career, not a job, uh, is aligned with with your passion, And you can make money off of it that's amazing that's what you want to aim for to spend most of your waking hours doing the things you love but for some reason for many many different uh so sorry for some people for many different reasons it's not the case it's not the end of the world it's fine you can save the money to buy yourself the time the weekends the afternoons the you know two weeks a year where you take take off and go somewhere to play you know, your musical instrument and get better in singing or go take pictures of rivers or, you know, whatever, whatever, go fly kites, whatever you love doing. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people are uh, just not thinking in an integrated way of how can I pursue 20 the 24 hours I have in a day in the best optimal way. And for me, that's that's not just knowing philosophy, but living the philosophy and and being serious about your life.
0: Now, you and I both know that, and I think you're absolutely right, and, and, and we both know sort of the value and the payoff of taking the time to to discover and to have a respect, essentially, for, for philosophy, because we all have one, whether we identify it or not, uh, but taking it serious, th- there's obviously work, cognitive work and effort involved in that, but the payoff is so huge. But for people who don't think that way quite yet and and but maybe are interested in what you're saying and 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 they're starting to maybe feel like oh someone gets me or yeah I feel a certain way that that is uneasy and, and I don't feel like as happy as I could what would be some simple like first steps that somebody could take to to sort of evaluate analyze is this notary career really what I want is is my my reason for doing this really gonna help me achieve that happiness what would you say are some simple sort of first steps that somebody could take to start heading down this path of self-discovery?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say first read a book, read the fountainhead. Uh, if you have more time, read the Atlas Shrugged and get inspired by the projection of how human life could be and try to ask yourself if you want to be like a Howard Rourke, what would it mean to be your version of a Howard Rourke? Yeah, uh, that, that's the first thing, because I think that is the the, the the core of the motivation that I had to start changing my life. And I think that no, not everyone needs to learn philosophy. I think that there should be a division of labor like anything else. So I love philosophy. You love philosophy. So we spend the time reading the nonfiction books and understanding the core ideas and understanding what epistemology is and what ethics is and what politics you know, the right political system and what is aesthetics and and all those big questions of life. But you don't have to. You can get inspired by reading uh, Rand's fiction and then you can, um, you know, use resources like the Happiness Team Workshop, where in a way I'm translating what all of that means to you. And it's very actionable, very uh, organized. And uh, I think that's fine. Not everybody, uh, even my family, you know, they're not, they're not interested in philosophy but i still share with them a lot of my insights and hopefully i'm a, you know i'm a better parent because i i chew for them if you will <laughs> uh what, what i what i can when my son is, you know is consulting with me about what what to do and so on i don't tell them the philosophical principle behind it i just try to make it simple and, and i do talk about principles though so um yeah just read enough uh, to get motivated and learn enough to to the point where you it's actionable to you and it helps you guide your life not more than that if you're not uh, interested in philosophy if you love philosophy go for it read everything
0: yeah that's good and hey us notaries we're driving around all day we can get the we can get the fountainhead or, or at the shrug on audiobook it's a great way of spending that hour that you're driving from one appointment to the next a uh, very interesting story, and uh, definitely a great meaning behind the story. Now, uh, for people who want to find out more about the Happiness Team workshop that you have, they can go to myhappiness.com. Is that right, Tall?
1: It's actually myhappiness.team. There's a there's uh, people don't know, but there is a dot team, T E A M. Uh, so myhappiness.team is where we uh, we give some information about this workshop. It's uh, it's just, uh, we, we love it so much. We're having a lot of fun doing it. So, I agree. Uh, anyone who wants to get more information is welcome.
0: Uh, where else can people learn about you and about these ideas and sort of this this view of the world that, that happiness can be achieved? And uh, wh- where could people get more information, Tom?
1: Um, Ayn Rand.org. Uh, and I would really recommend downloading the mobile app. Of the Ayn Rand University. It's both on Google and on uh, Apple. And just listen to the introductory courses about what is philosophy? Uh, philosophy, who needs it. And then introduction to objectivism. What is it? Why, how is it different from other philosophies like religion or philosophies of the left? And uh, you know. Um, and as you said before, you know, everybody has a philosophy. Either it's conscious and uh, chosen or it's, uh, it's not. And unfortunately, a lot of people drift with a semi-clear philosophy, in most cases, not very clear philosophy, and they just try to do what's right. And when you ask them what's right, it's like, who knows? you know? Um, so you should know what's right and what's right for you, m- mostly. I think people spend too much time uh, on politics. The people that really are not into politics, but they worry about politics all day long, it's, it's wrong. I think they're wasting time. Um, but really going to, to Ayn Rand's fiction, I would go to the fiction first. If you want to d- deepen your understanding, go to her nonfiction. She has amazing books on each one of the, uh, areas of philosophy. If it's, uh, capitalism, uh, the unknown ideal, if you want to understand politics, if it's, uh, you know, virtue of selfishness in, in ethics and, uh, many other books she wrote in uh, nonfiction to, uh, dive deeper in, into her, her philosophy.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Good. Thank you for that. And uh, we'll have all that in the show notes for anyone who wants to sort of look that stuff up. And then if you guys actually, if you guys go to notarybusinesstalk.com forward slash happy, I'll have all this information on there. If you, in case you guys are, are interested have uh, more questions or just want to get more information, you can definitely go there and check that out for yourself tall, thank you so much for being on the show. It was uh, it was an honor and a pleasure to have you on.
1: It was great, and I'm so happy uh, to to hear doing this show, Abraham. It's just I know how much you wanted it and how much you're enjoying it. So kudos for you for doing it.
0: Oh, thank you, tall I'm having a blast, and yeah, I it could life couldn't be better, tall <laughs> uh-huh. I guess Thanks, we
1: man. will compete for the happiest man alive. Uh oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tal. And thanks everyone else for listening. I am super excited that you guys took the time to listen to the show. And until next time, be super productive. Take care, you guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Notary Business Talk. To learn more about becoming a notary entrepreneur or to find out how Abraham can help you achieve your business goals, visit notarybusinesstalk.com.